Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents, and welcome to the 2021 Summer Vacation Series. We're getting to know comics from around the world who performed on our Isolation Comedy Online show in 2020. I'm your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host Ms. Purrington will join us if she damn well pleases. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy and now the world. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Wham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, live shows, and an events page for live shows in Austin and Houston. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the counter, go to the events page and click submit a show to complete the short survey. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin, check that, world scene amazing. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, we are traveling overseas to Oxfordshire, England. I stumbled into our guest uh, booking him for our 2020 isolation comedy show. And like a trooper, he woke up at 2 a.m. his time to do our show. And he was so good and so charming that we asked him back a few times. He owns two bars called The Attic, which hosts music and comedy shows. He, although I guess probably in, in England, it's two pubs. Uh, and he uh, recently wrapped up hosting his online show, uh, a collaboration with another uh, bar, The Comedy Crate. He is the host of Shooting the Breeze podcast, and he's been described as an engaging observational comedian with a hint of aggravation and sarcasm. He's one of our favorite comics from our 2020 Isolation Comedy online show. And now Comedy Wham presents our guest, Ryan Mould. Hello. Hello, lovely to be here, Valerie. <laughs> oh, I just love that accent so much. <laughs> I feel like you've just sold like some insurance or something with that, uh, all that, uh, you know, all the, the stuff at the start. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you ever need uh, somebody to do a little voiceover introduction of you with your credits, you know, let me know. I'm happy to yeah, do that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know you are going to introduce it. And I was like, are you sure that's me? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> You're my PR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's always uh, cute how people react to me, like having found these these various credits and, and rattling it, it off. They're like, oh, my God, I did all those things. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't really have that in England. Like when people get introduced to the stage, we don't have the credits, really. Like we don't announce them as you guys do, like as seen on. Da -da 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 -da. We put it on posters and stuff, but yeah. introducing them on stage, you don't really hear that. Yeah, no, and it's funny you mentioned that because you know I, I've I've got a, a live show that I I produce and I will usually write down a few credits because I have a guest host that host that introduces each each comic and uh, I'll, I'll have found these credits for these people and when the host you know reads them off the the comic is usually like and just just say my name just yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that if if I like. You're putting too much pressure on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly the, the point they, they're like. They're like, you know, if you say this, then I'm, you know, people are going to expect a lot higher. And it's like, well, they, I, I booked you because I expect, I expect higher. Yeah, this, that's it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's lovely to be here anyway. And I didn't have to get up silly o'clock. So that's all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're you're such a sweetheart for having done that. Uh, that was to, weird. To... Like only in these conditions can things get weirder, you know, like waking yeah. up at two, sort of having a coffee, do the Zoom show, then go back to bed. I mean, yeah. They didn't have to travel. So that's good. <laughs> but still, it's just odd, isn't it? I did a Zoom gig. Um a couple of uh, months ago and there was a guy in the zoom audience as you would expect um he was like cooking and he was like i cooked the chicken kiev and ate his chicken kiev like only on a zoom gig can this happen like <laughs> someone in the audience eating dinner yeah <laughs> like, oh my gosh and eating it <laughs> yeah you know dinner and a show all at once <laughs> yeah that's it uh but yeah they, they weren't that bad i think i a lot of comics didn't like the zoom gigs but i found them quite useful um yeah. And it's a bit of a creative outlet. Um, and the shows that you guys did, obviously, you can hear feedback as well from customer, from the audience as well, which is obviously perfect. Some yeah. shows you don't hear that, like the uh, Instagram uh, live and things like that. You just get like a load of emojis and thumbs up yeah. and stuff like that. And it's like, well, it's just a long monologue and you're not really getting anything out of it. Yeah. And I, I, I know that the, the comics that were on the shows with you, they they really liked your your material. It's like, you know, it's it's relatively quick stuff and and observational and you know speaking for myself just hearing comedy it with a, that british accent just makes it that much better okay well, that's good to know <laughs> yeah and because we don't know better we don't know if you're bringing your a material to us or if you're just i, I know in, in one case you you said i'm trying some some new things out and mm. you know we don't care we just you know we want to hear something from from a different voice that than what we're used to. So it was really cool that um, I'm not quite sure how we ended up connecting. I want to say it was through that lockdown comedy guide, uh, which was an amazing resource for people mm. doing online shows. Uh, this uh, sweet angel of a person collecting all of the online shows across the world. Yeah. And um that's well it was nice to have social media being used properly like that's a perfect example of it being yeah. used properly rather than death threats and trolling and stuff like that right? so it's perfect like yeah absolutely what we needed <laughs> yeah to actually connect people was was an yeah amazing yeah that's right thing. that's right yeah yeah yeah, and uh, when I come through to Texas, I look forward to uh, performing. <laughs> yeah, you have a standing invitation to be on my live show. As long as, you know, we were talking before, it's a monthly show, so the timing has to be just right, but uh, yes. Yeah, all right, yeah, <laughs> I look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, so Ryan, uh, despite our ban early banter here, I do have an official icebreaker question to right. open this up, if you are ready. Yeah, go for it. One word to describe your past. Oh, flipping heck. I didn't realise this was counselling, Valerie. Um, uh, one word to describe my past. Oh, you could give me the heads up. Um, I feel like I'm squirming now and you should be analysing my body language. Um, one word to describe my past. Uh, okay, uh, eventful. How about that? Okay, we'll take it. I think on the spot that's a good one yeah yeah it's 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 funny how some people squirm uh like you do and others are just like whatever word pops in is is the one that they they go with but um, when we finish this i'm gonna message you and say don't use that word use this word <laughs> and i'll have to voice note it across and you'll have to do some pretty snazzy editing <laughs> no 
<laughs> no, let's go for eventful. I mean, <laughs> it makes some sort of relevance in my head anyway. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, well, you're, you're, you're a comic, you own bars, and you're in, uh, you're in Ox- Oxfordshire, which, mm-hmm. okay, I, I, I admit I had to do my research and I had to go look where on the map relative to London it is, because that is the only thing that I, that I, I generally know. Uh, but I, I will tell you, I have been to Oxford. I've been to London as well, but uh, I actually took a, a trip to Oxford specifically to see uh, Radiohead perform at the big festival, music oh, wow. festival that's there. Because uh-huh. uh, I'm a huge Radiohead fan and I had traveled with my, uh, my, my ex-husband. Uh, now, the, uh, we traveled everywhere to go see Radiohead. And we thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool to see them, you know, headline at basically their hometown festival? And it was a lovely experience. And, you know, just right. Like the whole- have, you, have you ever heard of a band called The Folds before? F-O-A-L-S. Mm-mm. They're, they're an Oxford, um, Oxford band. And they're pretty global now. So okay. not worth checking those guys out. Quite indie sort of uh, uh, acoustic It's pretty, pretty fun. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, was, the, was the gig memorable? The Radiohead one? I bet that was Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, down to the food stands. Because, you know, here you go to a festival and the food stands are just, you know, it's hot dogs and funnel cakes and nothing terribly memorable. But, you know. The, I mean, the... I need, what's a funnel cake? I mean, you guys... <laughs> They're listening know exactly what that is, but I have no clue what you mean. Like, I know funnel and I know cake, but I can't. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I was actually born in Belgium, and do you know the little the doughy uh, the fried dough balls? Croustillons is what I mean. Yes, but they're fried, right? They're and yeah, they're little okay, balls, yeah. and you put the powdered sugar on it, and you eat it out of a cone um well a funnel cake is basically they've taken that batter and they put it in a funnel and they they drop it into the the fri- the fried oil uh so that it essentially is like this round cake thing uh made of the strips of dough right they call that a funnel cake all right and that's so, like just common common chat isn't it a funnel cake i'll take yeah, it at, yeah, at yeah. a festival <laughs> yeah. yeah oh something re- i realized during lockdown actually um how dangerously easy uh cheesecakes are to make i don't know if you've ever made ah, a cheesecake before that's so yeah. so easy to make but obviously dangerous because you just end up eating them all the time yeah. and like you'll make a quick cheesecake <laughs> <laughs> um and what i found out about festivals because i go to quite a lot of music festivals i quite like that i like the vibe um but yeah it's just so expensive isn't it yeah and well for his ear anyway and you pay through the nose for this I don't know what it'd be, maybe $20 for a burger that's just been sitting there all day in the sun or whatever. Right. <laughs> but you're happy to pay it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I've since aged out of festivals. So now I yeah. wouldn't dare touch them, even for radio. Radiohead comes through uh, every every few years, it seems, for the, we have several big music festivals here in town and they come through and I'm like, I love you, but I'm not, I'm not going to a festival. Yeah. Oh, here's a fun fact for you that you didn't dig. I don't think you found actually. And I don't, it might have been in Texas. So the bar, Attic, that I run, yeah. we hold the record for the world's longest stand-up comedy show. Really? Yes. Uh, 96 hours. Whoa. How about that? 
Okay, that is very impressive. Yeah. Uh, um, so, oh, I can't remember who held the record. Oh, Nashville had it before. That was it. Yeah. Wow. That's not near you, is it? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, um, okay. But, yeah. If you just check out online, like world's longest stand-up comedy show, Attic in Banbury, we uh, we beat the record, ninety-six hours. So uh, yeah, four days just non-stop. Yeah. Stand-up comedy, and for the record to stand. We needed a minimum. There's a lot of things we needed. Uh, uh, Ten audience members in the audience at all times. So, like during the day, that's fine. But sort of four, five, six in the morning, yeah, it was pretty tough sometimes. And the audience, you know, uh, like some of them were like need to go to the toilet, but they can't leave because then we've been like nine or eight. So you got to stay here. It was like a hostage situation. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but that was fun. <laughs> it's fun to look back on, but I'd never want to do it again ever in my life. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's uh, exactly how I feel about festivals. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about your start in comedy. Uh, what got you interested in in comedy, even as a mm. child? Was there something, or a teen? Was there something that you liked about comedy? Um, yeah, I, I liked. Uh, I, I like to make people laugh. That's something I've always liked to do. Um, again, this feels like a therapy session. Um, <laughs> And I've watched a lot of stuff on TV, like the panel shows, which we have here. And um, like, this is way before Netflix specials, but like when people did our shows on DVD and VHS and all that sort of stuff, I used to watch a lot of those. Um, and then uh, I was really hung over actually. I went to see a friend of mine in uh, Brighton, which is South England um, on the Saturday night, went and got drunk. Sunday, I was too still, still too drunk or hung over rather to drive. So he said, well, should we go to this comedy show in Brighton? I was like, yeah, okay, let's go for it. I've never been to it before. And I sort of got there and you sort of go down these stairs and you're just in this really cool like basement. There's like 200 people here. Like, what is this experience? I, I like, I, like this feels great, but I don't know why. Uh -huh. And the show started, I've never heard of any of the comedians that were performing at the time, but it was like, this is brilliant. Like, this is amazing. I, and I wanted to, I wanted to create this experience where I am. Uh, in like near Oxford and like the years went past and I never really got around to it but I guess I started off wanting to be a promoter and have the shows for, for other people and then I kind of I don't know drifted into actually I think I could probably do that I've seen enough of it I've put on enough shows I could probably do five minutes and then it sort of blossomed from there really it's huh. sort of like a dirty little secret that I kept hidden away for a long time <laughs> Uh, like a gay person coming out for the first time, you know, <laughs> I had to sit the family down and say, oh, yeah. you know, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be a, a funny person. <laughs> yeah. So you started off, you wanted to be a producer. Where, where does the, the, um, the attic uh, fit into this? Is this something that you've, you've been doing for so, Yeah, many hospitality years? has always been sort of my bread and butter, if you like. It's okay. something I've always, always had. And that's what I know well, and I've been doing it and running my own places since I was like 23, so a long time now. Okay. Um, but that was obviously more, you know, DJs, live music, karaoke, that sort of stuff. But, but as I've kind of got a bit older, I, my heart is definitely in, in comedy. And we started doing shows and then they became monthly and now we do a few more shows. And I, I opened up another attic in Bista and then we kind of it's only 10% of the business I'd say the comedy side but it's mm -hmm. something that I'm really passionate about but yeah it's nice to have the venue to be able just to do these things if I want to you know yeah yeah uh, the the element of that that I've 
wanted to ask you about is as uh, is finding that balancing. You say it's it's the comedy is only about ten percent of of your your other bookings. Uh, as as the world is is opening up, uh, is it easier for you to get bookings? You were you were talking. I think this was before we were recording that you still have the social distance requirements in mm. place, and I'm just uh, this is a question all over the place. I before COVID, let's talk about how things were before COVID at uh, your your attic. Mm-hmm. Are you? easily able to sell out shows, get good crowds to come in. Yeah, it's it is it's not easy, I don't think. I think anyone that does comedy promoting will say it's not easy because it's you have to do a lot of the legwork. I mean, I don't know what it's like what you guys are, but you need more than just a Facebook page, a cool logo created and then invite your friends. You need to be doing the legwork, unfortunately, with the flyers, going out posters, networking, connecting with people, giving away free tickets still. Um, Fortunately, we get quite a lot of high profile names come by Attic and that the names sort of sell themselves. Um, so I don't have to worry about those shows. But um, sometimes when we haven't got a name that's necessarily people have heard of, but it's still great, that's when mm-hmm. you have to sort of be a bit more on the ground, getting people to come on. It's going to be good. We've got a big database of um, like email addresses and text messages and, st- and stuff. So that's always good. But yeah. like six years on from the first gig we ever did there to now, we're still having to do a lot of legwork in terms of like sponsored ads, targeting, all that sort of stuff on social, as well as just word of mouth trying to connect to people yeah yeah and now that that uh now we can now my question starts to formulate now that the world is opening up is anything different or are you finding it easier or harder to get people to come into your shows well we it's kind of half the capacity now so it is still a bit easier but i am worried that maybe uh, July or August when hopefully we can open up again we need to keep building that momentum um, to get to fill it out again so we're not sort of half capacity when we can have full capacity yeah. but I think from um, 2020 I realized that I think there's going to be at least for a couple of months a bit of a hybrid version of shows where it's going to be live and also on zoom as well um, that's why at the start I was messing around with the, the GoPro because we're going to use that to stream the show and people uh-huh. can buy a ticket for that. That ah, you know, nice. can be, um, we're going to get more regular customers because they don't have to worry about babysitting. They don't have to worry about other commitments and they can sort of log in every week and it's fine. And they pay mm-hmm. whatever they pay, five, six pound, uh, $10, whatever it would be. Um, um, so I think it's a bit of a hybrid, uh, thing we're going to experiment with over the next few months. Um, but actually, they won't be the Zoom guys won't be able to connect. They'll just be able to watch the show and enjoy it from the house. Yeah. Uh, as well as having a live audience where people, where, where people that do feel comfortable coming out, because I still think there is a lot of people that are a little bit uncertain and quite rightly so, um, that don't want to be sort of in, in an environment where there's lots of people. So I get it. Yeah. And and during the 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 you know full shutdown you were comfortable hopping on to do zoom shows and you you were hosting and running as your own zoom show uh, as a comparison with the u.s or maybe you know can you share what the what the british uh 
vibe was or the the british feelings and sentiments were about there's no live performance space so let's do online is it you know in the us you had some people who said absolutely not hmm. zoom is not for me i'm just going to you know hunker down and not do anything or maybe they'll find other ways to be creative and you had other people that said sure absolutely i just you know i want to be able to to do some kind of performance so yeah i i think some some comics uh their style wouldn't really work on zoom which i totally get and they wouldn't it's not worth them doing it mm -hmm. i get that totally like i'm quite sort of theatrical and i'm quite expressive with my hands and like to you know run yeah. around and stuff but um so it isn't quite right for zoom but at the same time you, you need to it's going to help your comedy because then you're just relying on your punchlines being good rather than you know sort of acting out things as well so i think it helps in a way but i totally get um why people wouldn't like it uh, a friend of mine here he's very sort of tech uh savvy so his his zoom show was lots of lot of visuals going on and it was brilliant uh, i wouldn't have a clue i'm, I'm holding <laughs> a paper or whatever i have no clue how that sort of <laughs> yeah. works but but you know he's a, he, he says a lot of um like puns and one-liners and stuff so the visuals that come into the screen there'll be a joke on that and it's just great like yeah and he really hit the ground running so that's perfect for him um but in terms of from my experience, from a, a UK Zoom to a US Zoom show, I would say the, produc the production uh, is a lot higher in the US, whereas the British one is sort of thrown together. We're going to get through this. Just we'll figure it out. <laughs> what does this button mean? What does this do? Can you hear me? Can you see me? You're there. A lot of that. Um, but it's part of the charm. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you guys, you had like an intro, a little waiting room, a countdown when you're going to go on stage and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, luxury, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I wish uh, our, our tech genius, uh, Richard, could sell himself to help out all those UK shows. Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> definitely got that nailed, doesn't he? All of the, the streaming and where it goes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So credit Tim for that because that's not easy, an easy job um mm. doing all that sort of stuff no, so yeah no. yeah good on him because I mean I, I could never do that I mean with the shows that we organized I had a tech guy help me just introduce um no I'd introduce people then he'd just move them into the screen and do all that sort of stuff whereas I couldn't perform as well as doing the techie right. stuff and then right. uh, uh accepting people into the zoom uh, room and then putting music on top and then if I want to have uh, a chat with the audience member he'd bring them into the screen as well um so I, I would just be just the customers would be looking at me with a blank face like you know i'd be looking like what have i got to do what have i got to do and it ruins the momentum of any performance yeah right okay well with that business chat out of the way i want to talk about ryan and you had uh, mentioned that you were a producer or promoter uh, before you decided you were going to try comedy and I want you to take us to the first time you got on a stage to perform comedy how did it go how did you feel mm, and what made you go back yeah uh good question um uh, so it was in north London the gig was and um it was like 8 p.m the show's time and I got to London about 2 p.m. started drinking, uh, classic, <laughs> uh, just to settle the nerves. Uh, 
and it got to around the gig time. That's fine. And then the, as the promoter was sort of crossing off the names that had been on, it's getting closer to my name. I was thinking, shit, am I, oh, am I allowed to swear? Sorry, I didn't realise. You can, can yes, absolutely. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, I was getting so nervous. Um, uh, bloody hell, bloody hell, bloody hell. And then just as he crossed out the performer before me, I just got my pint of Guinness and just necked it, got my friends and had half of his and went on stage. And it was actually, it was all right. Like, better than I thought it was going to go. Uh-huh. But because I've seen so much comedy, I think that helps sort of, I, I don't know. I, it wasn't so, I think if I had gone badly, I'd never have done it again. Um, mm. But it, it went all right. And then I videoed it and obviously looked back and, try and work on it and weirdly some of the stuff that I said then is still sort of in my set now uh, <laughs> obviously it's a bit more fine-tuned and yeah. a lot of the, the waffle has gone but um yeah it, it's uh yeah certainly an experience that I thought this is all right I don't mind this um, yeah and got the got the got the bug and just it's weird isn't it like I wouldn't see my friends necessarily that live two hours away from me um unless it's planned like it's a birthday or it's organized but if someone you know calls me now and says there's some stage time two hours away it's unpaid but you know there's going to be a good audience like fair enough I'll be there you know yeah. what I mean but I won't go two hours to sort of see my friends for a, have a coffee or something it's a weird weird hobby yeah it's a it's a weird addiction that's for sure that's yeah. for sure so did you so I've I've talked to enough comics that sometimes they'll they'll tell me yeah I had a really great first time and then uh on my sixth time, I bombed. Did you did you ever bomb, or is bombing not allowed in 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 Britain? <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably uh, shouldn't say that. Uh, but yeah, yeah no. the, the term. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, um, yeah, I had one that was pretty pretty epic. Um, <laughs> but I think I've sort of learned to cope with bombing and sort uh-huh. of get getting a getting the vibe of the audience like if this new stuff isn't working I need to acknowledge that this new stuff isn't working and make light of it do you know what I mean like most comics would, would do anyway I think yeah. as I've got uh as the years have gone past I've got more comfortable with this is actually going to work out how I planned but it's fine I just go home rework it and do the next do the next show but the first time I bombed yeah that was pretty soul destroying um it was a competition actually and oh. um I thought I'm going to be doing this bit of material and then this bit of material. And the guy before me absolutely smashed the gig. It was, he had, it was brilliant. Oh, I was like, I can't follow that with this sort of relatively new stuff that I've sort of been working on. So far. let's go to the tried and tested stuff. That's always been fine. That's always done well. And then I started it and then it was like, oh, this isn't working. And then I started sort of, but this usually works. Why isn't it working? And then oh. my brain was like, I'm not going to let you know any more information from your jokes and it's just I'd stand there and it was really awkward and embarrassing um <sighs> but uh yeah still keep on trucking <laughs> yeah is is the open mic is that I, I assume that that's a comparable concept in 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 Britain yeah there's still a lot of open mic gigs around yeah that's for yeah. sure um I feel and- like the the circuit here has definitely changed somewhat in that it sort of drops that the, you know, the arena touring comedians are now sort of back on the circuit, um, trying out material, getting ready for their own tours to start and what have you. So it's all sort of dropped a little bit. So people that were headlining the clubs are maybe doing middle spots now. Um, and it's, mm. um, 
yeah, it's really put myself uh, in perspective where I am in the food chain in comedy, that's for sure. But you just got to keep on hustling, I suppose. And is, is, is this observation that you made, is that specific to what's happened since COVID or is that that oh, was yeah, happening? Sorry, yeah. since, okay. since, since COVID, yes. Yeah. Just because there's not as much stage time around at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, people are just wanting to get back on the horse and start doing their material again mm -hmm. live. And because you've got, you must, you, you heard of Michael McIntyre, for example. So, for example, like him. Oh, you haven't? I haven't, no. Oh, okay. I know. Uh, what, what British comics do you know, actually, apart from Ryan Mark? Oh, God, I, 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 I actually don't know that I know any. I mean, oh, I'm really? very That's much, okay, tell me anything about Monty Python and I can follow. I mean, I guess Ricky Gervais Oh yes, an of example, course, yeah. but you know, who doesn't know him? He's, you know, he's popular in, in America too. So yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm terrible. You're going to educate me. That's, that's a part of this, this uh, interview is, is you're going to tell us who we should be paying attention to. So yeah, well, it depends what you're into really, but see, I, I'm more lately getting into the more, um, I don't know, the weird and wacky comedians. Mm -hmm. um, there's a guy called Harry Hill, um, who you should check out. He's great. Um, Spencer Jones. They're just crazy prop comics. And my brain would never work like that ever, which makes me find it so funny and interesting that huh. they can have these props that are made and at home and uh, go on stage and make it funny. Um, whereas, my, like I say, my brain doesn't work like that. I'm a bit more sort of, you know, look at the supermarket over there, right. look at that expensive restaurant over there and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I find I find that really interesting, but yeah, there's there's, there's so many great comedians over here as as there would be yeah. in the US, which I don't know, I imagine as well. Yeah. Okay. So you were telling me about Michael McIntyre because we were having. Oh the, yeah, just the, an example, but not specifically him, but like yeah. someone of that caliber who is, I thought, well known. Um, <laughs> he would be now doing like circuit Friday Saturday night gigs, um, mm, okay. just to sort of get ready for touring again. Yeah. But, um, he's obviously does a lot of TV, so that's probably a bad example. But um, uh, yeah, so it's all sort of sort of moved down a little bit. So it's just trying to hustle to get the stage time now to start getting back to normal. Yeah. So for for you, uh, starting off, I assume with the the open mics and getting you know getting comfortable with with performing, uh, then you you graduate. You know, I'm, I'm drawing the parallel to what, what you would do here. You graduate to doing showcases, you know, other other bar and pub shows, maybe small. Sorry, uh, you could probably hear my dog in the background. It's just woken up. Um, oh, sorry, I can't. Um, no, that's fine. Can <laughs> she can that? make an appearance. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, eventually you, you graduate to headlining and maybe touring. So what what has your experience been? Well, I feel like I just got to do it myself. Um, if people aren't booking me, I've got to put on my own shows and get the stage time. Like last weekend, I was at, I was in Brighton. There's a fringe festival that happens. Uh -huh. So uh, because I haven't got many bookings at the moment, um, just do the shows myself, have to sort of put the legwork in and go out there, grab the audience, bring them in, do the material, and then just keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing that. Yeah. Um, it's the same with, um, like, I'm, I'm working up on a show at the moment, which is just sort of very loose work in progress stuff at the moment. But um, my thought is that I'd like to do like a little mini tour with that, but it'll all just be having me having to reach out to theatres 
uh, and places like that to just to book it myself. And I'm, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. I mean, is it? A, I don't like the, what am I trying to say? You know, people in power that you've got to, you know, you've got to be in touch with all the time and I just yeah. want to do it on my terms. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to sort of have to look up the people to, can I do this? Can I do this? And that sort right. of stuff. So I just, right. I'm just going to do it on my terms, I think. I'm going to try anyway. Is is uh, is this a, a, an American's notion uh, that anybody who's doing comedy anywhere near Edinburgh thinks that Edinburgh, getting into that festival is the holy grail? Mm. Well, I disagree. I think that um, it depends what you want, again, from comedy. If you want to pe people to be coming to see you do a show, then you don't necessarily need to spend and lose all the thousands of pounds at the Edinburgh Festival. Mm. Um, you can just spend that money, I think, on your own terms and building up your own audience, doing like a little mini tour around the UK or something. You don't need to be in Edinburgh. But there's a lot of, I think, lazy producers um, for like television and stuff. They'll just go to Edinburgh. They won't see anything else that's going uh. on in the UK or necessarily outside of London, but they will go there because it's like a place where there's a high concentration of comedians and shows. So I guess you've got to be in it to, to sort of be seen, I suppose, to a certain extent. Yeah. But um, like I say, it's like when you've got key holders to sort of answer to and look up to, I don't know, I, I, just, I, don't, I don't like that. I mean, I'd yeah. love for them to open up some doors for me. That would be lovely. But I'm, I kind of, I feel like that's so far away that anyone will be interested. I'm just going to do my own thing for a bit. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. someone will show some interest in the future. Because I've written some sitcoms and stuff like every comedian probably has. Uh, so fingers <laughs> crossed. Uh, I've got that to, to sort of offer as well. Yeah. Uh, how, I mean, that's an interesting notion too. Because here you have people who have to head out to LA or New York if they want to get into writing for television or for networks. I imagine for, for you, it's everything is concentrated in London. Mm, well and manchester too there's okay. uh, quite big areas um a, a comedian called mo gilligan a british guy do you, do you don't ring a bell no so well anyway i, I didn't think you would know him it's fine uh, but he he built up a following just from youtube and now he's got a netflix special he's he's touring and he didn't really have to go through the normal channels ah. that you would expect to do your panel show and da -da 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 -da. you get seen on tv and you know do the tour so i think i think definitely in this day and age with the internet and now Zoom and all this sort of stuff, you can do previews, an hour preview show on Zoom. I know a lot of uh, comic friends of mine have done that. Yeah. And you don't have to be traveling two hours um, to, to to wherever to do a show. You can just do it from the, your home, your living room. So yeah. I think in this day and age, we're okay. We don't we don't need to necessarily look up to the these you know gatekeepers for things. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you just uh, been down to Brighton to do. Uh, it's French festivals. Is, yeah, that's right. it. I did a show Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, th this is an element of uh, British comedy that I, uh, uh, maybe it's, I, I don't actually know if it's British comedy, but this is something that I observed with people that I was interested in who were doing shows in Edinburgh. But I noticed that uh, there was a review of one of your Brighton shows. And I thought, is that just a thing that always happens? Is there's always somebody who reviews comedy shows mm. and just puts this little short blurb 
about, you know, their experience watching this show, because mm -hmm. that rarely happens here, unless you're talking about, you know, a major headliner show that, you know, it's like, you know, oh, it's a big deal that this person came through our town. So we're going to send writing staff to. Yeah. Well, I think everyone thinks they're a reviewer these days and a blogger and a blogger. I think you can have an opinion and just, just keep it to yourself. You don't need to create a Twitter <laughs> account and tell the world you didn't like this show or yeah. you didn't like how this person reacted or so that guy, uh, or I think it was a guy. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Cause it yeah. pissed me off because the show was, um, we only had seven in the audience. So it's quite a low, a low numbers really. Uh -huh. uh, why would you need to say those things? Like it's so unnecessary. I guess the question is more on him. Like, why did he feel like he needed to yeah. um, tell the world that, uh, I, I think I acknowledged because the show was going, my material wasn't working, like I said earlier. So I felt like I need to acknowledge to the audience that like, this isn't really working, but uh -huh. it's fine. This is how we've got to deal with it now. And he didn't like me dealing with it that, that way. But then the Saturday night uh, was great. Like we had more like 30 in, um, that was great. And it was a good show, Yeah. same material and it worked. There's no rhyme or reason sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah and it, it's like with it's you weird. as a promoter, you can have like a busy night and then the next night is quiet, but for no different reason, maybe the weather's changed a little bit. I don't know. It's, it's a, bit a weird one. Yeah. So is that a, a, a thing that is, did I just happen upon making this observation that, oh, every single show has somebody that reviews it? No, they don't. Okay. It's just, I think that that's probably the fourth time that's happened to me. You've okay. got some, like, I didn't even know they were going to be there. Just some random person just pops up who has a Twitter account who likes to be vocal about. He's, he's a yeah. comedy fan, which I get, which is fine. But yeah. they just turn up, say their thing, and that's it. But yeah. it's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm happy I mean, I'm a comedy fan. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Going to a show and then writing about it, unless it's like, well, I guess I'm about to to put my foot in my mouth because. Uh, when it comes to Moon Tower Festival, which is like one of the big comedy festivals that comes through Austin, I usually write a recap, I think. Hmm, I don't know. No, I think I just say, hey, here are the shows that you should be checking out uh, uh, yeah, ahead of it. But I don't, I just want to watch the comedy when I'm there. I don't want to think about, oh, I got to make this point to, you know, put it yeah, out in the universe. Yeah, so, yeah know, it's different for different people, isn't it? Yeah. So I get that. Um, so uh yeah there's a lot of people that seem to think they can just create an account and their voice is you know everyone needs to hear this right. <laughs> everyone needs to hear my opinion on this this is my scoop yeah um, yeah but it's fine there's there's a lot of comics that we you know we we have this all the time it's fine but then but then also as a as a promoter promoter head like when we have a good a good show, I'd say, you know, that was a good show. I wouldn't mm. necessarily bad mouth someone if I had a bad show, like to other people, I'd be like, okay, well, fine. It wasn't a good one for you tonight. It's fine. Yeah. Get the next one. It's all good. Right. right. And if, if, if every comic could have a good show, you know, yeah. start to finish in the entire experience. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, so, so for example, some of those prop comics that I was mentioned earlier, uh -huh. um, for them to have got built up their audience that they have, how many times must they have bombed on stage doing this random as hell stuff that people yeah. just look at them like, what the hell am I looking at? And it, it just didn't work. That must have happened so many times. Oh, right. James Acaster, does that go ring a bell? He's a good one. Uh, James Acaster, that is, yeah, so he's great. Like, um, 
uh, he, he's someone that um, I got told when he was kind of going through um, uh, the, the stages of progressing up the ladder, if you like, um, he would be bombing, just trying to create and find his audience. And now he's found his audience. He's sort of turned his material a bit more commercial, I, I, I think. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, it, I, I can't speak for him, but he's just great and he's built his audience and that's fine. And I think yeah. that's what, uh, yeah, I need to just sort of focus on and do. Yeah. So another uh, use of the shutdown or, or the shutdown time that you made for yourself was starting a podcast, which is, you know, that's what every comic in the States does. Is well, they, uh, they Valerie, st- are you even a comedian these days if you haven't got a podcast? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You got, you got to be taken seriously. You got to have a podcast. You got to have your Instagram account. You got to have a YouTube channel. Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, I I talked to somebody the other day, and not o- not only do they have all of those, but they've got the Twitch channel. They've got mm. a Discord. I don't know if Discord is big in in uh, the UK at all, but it's, it. it's kind of get, getting big. My son, you know, he does a lot of stuff on on Discord, so. It uh, takes me ages to jump onto things like that. I'm, I think, well, like TikTok, like, oh, yeah. I'm too old for this. I can't be bothered. And then, you know, six months later, people have built up an audience. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll think about this. Let's give it some time. And then yeah. the moment's gone. You right. know? Uh, so I don't know. I'll be on MySpace soon. <laughs> uh, what is your, your podcast about? It's just a chat, really, um, because as uh, all of us comedians had a lot of time on our hands. It was just to sort of catch up with them, as you normally uh-huh. would at a show anyway. Um, but just a bit of a just a chat, really. Nothing too serious. Yeah. No real script at all. Just a chat. People can listen or they don't need to. It's just the two comedians chatting. <laughs> yeah. And do you have anything on, on the horizon for yourself or something that you're looking forward to doing? I, I guess it's just my the show that I'm sort of putting together quite loosely at the moment. I'm quite looking forward to uh, doing some more work in progress shows, just going around and seeing what works, what doesn't work, honing it, taking words out, putting words in, binning some, all that sort of good stuff. And yeah, yeah just working on it. I'm quite, quite looking forward to it. Yeah. I thought there's a, a bit of a theme that's emerged with it. Um, uh, pretty much like saving money, <laughs> talking about, um, you know, posh restaurants, uh, how expensive they are in Facebook Marketplace and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my chiropractor, how expensive he is. Um, so uh, yeah, just sort of stuff like that. It seems to, I'm quite quite enjoying it at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And as a a, a promoter and venue owner, do you ever struggle with the fact that you know you're you're also performing comedy? So you, because you're the boss, you know you have the right to uh to grab that stage time do you ever like struggle with that balancing act of oh, i i never perform at the ah. venue that i run i'd never do that because it's such a weird <sighs> headspace to be in uh-huh. uh i couldn't be running the business promoting the show and then on stage performing you know so ah. I, I couldn't do that and i, I feel like yeah, it's, it's a lot of extra pressure to put on myself and I, yeah. I don't need that. Um, I'll, when I want to gig, I, I like to turn up, do the bit, then go home and sort of just go through it in my head rather than have the pressures of everything else. So uh-huh. although 
I have in the past needed to like fill in a little bit and sometimes pull rank myself and just, you know, get stage time. <laughs> like I'm doing it tonight. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. what? <laughs> so, um, I, I don't like to do that in, unless like at the moment, a lack of stage time now I will. So it's fine, yeah. but <laughs> normally I wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> okay. That's good yeah. to know. Yeah. Um, okay. So now, unless there's some, some other project that you want to talk about now, we're going to go into our little summer vacation, uh, land. And now you, you have a chance to tell me, uh, and our, our listeners, what should we be checking out? What's unique about the British and maybe the, the Oxfordshire, uh, comedy scene and, uh, Lord help us all. Give us some names of comics we should be checking out. Oh, okay. Well, the, the ones I've given you are very, um, very high profile in the UK that I've mentioned. Um, huh? But some other people that are, uh, are really great, in my opinion, that will get there eventually. Uh, a guy called Scott Bennett. He's, he's a good, good person. Um, Andrew Bird. Um who else can I mention? I feel like there's there's just so many that are great. Uh, um, let's think. Um, who, uh, oh, Ben Norris, he's good. Oh, there's, there's just, honestly, I've just got so many in my head that I just can't. I know. There's loads. Honestly, there's so many. Um, uh, Jeff Innocent, Mike Gunn. Um, they, these are all just like great comedy headliners in the UK that are just going to, go to any room and they're just going to smash it and it's going to be brilliant you know um so yeah checks out those guys they've got i'm sure they've got a lot of stuff online so it's definitely yeah. in that probably touring probably not anywhere near you guys in texas but <laughs> <laughs> uh, certainly around the uk that's for sure and what do we need to know about the the british comedy scene that we oh, might Russell not hicks oh no he's san diego sorry carry on oh. <laughs> no I, th I thought he was in texas but no no he's he's san diego um ah. Russell Hicks, he's like a, a improv sort of compare who's just brilliant. Like no show of his is the same. What um, is a compare? I, I saw that uh, reference in reference to you. I don't know that term. Oh, uh, MC, host, I suppose. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, so uh. the compare would come on, yeah, introduce the acts and, uh, you okay. know, jump in, jump off. That's yeah. what we'd call it, compare. Okay. Well, then, but yeah, it, uh, MC, host, is all, all the same, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what should we know about the British comedy scene that we might not know? Mm -hmm. Well, I think your traditional show is a lot different to ours. I mean, I could be wrong. Like we would have like a normal Saturday night show in London would be uh, a compere uh, who would host the show. Then he'd introduce an act doing 20 minutes. Then there'd be a break. And then there'd be a middle spot doing 20 minutes. And there'd be a break. And then there'd be a headline spot doing 20 minutes. But huh. I feel like that's not how you guys do it. No, no, it I isn't. You have like more hour sort of closes. Is that how it works? Yeah. For a show that I think is comparable to that, we would have, you'd have the host, the compare, uh, mm. who would do their own time, maybe, maybe 15 at yeah. the top. Uh -huh. And then there'd be a feature and he might do, he or she, uh, or they, they might do, 20 minutes and then yes the headliner would end up doing 30 to 40 minutes yeah so feature that's a term that we we i don't really know what you mean like a feature 
is someone that's sort of popping in is that like i don't know how, how that works it's just they're 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 warming up they're truly oh. warming up the crowd for oh, yeah. the yeah. headliner so, so they, they get a little more time be better than the headliner would they they no and because of the the time difference to the, each person they better not be better than the headliner because then the headliner might get bothered that you know yeah you know especially if they have different styles which sometimes you do see that where you have a feature who has a completely different comedic style and energy than a headliner you know if it's way out of whack and you can mm. tell that they really love the audience really loved that feature and then you have the headliners got a lower just a different energy it's like mm. okay i have to regain ground now because everybody's expecting the levels of mm. the feature and but let's say a feature did do that 20 minute spot and absolutely smash it and they loved it would then they be considered for like a headline spot? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Because we, we have occasions where the opening act might come out and just absolutely smash it. Um, and then you've got the middle act and the headline act to follow. So you sort of, you started off the night uh, with a really good act and it's sort of gone the other way by accident, but it doesn't always yeah. happen like that. But I suppose it comes comes down to booking i suppose at the same time yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah and, but yeah that's interesting you have a feature so I'm, i went to a show in san francisco a couple of years ago and it was a weird weird vibe how they set it up um the i, I was accidentally just this is before i was doing comedy actually so this is more than a few years ago actually um and i just happened to be sitting where all the comics were sitting and uh no one knew that they were going on stage or not um, some guy walked around. I don't know if this is a common thing in the US, but some guy walks around and he, it was up to this one person to decide who was going to be performing. Was it, it was, an open mic? Uh, um, well, the guy kept banging on about, uh, the guy behind the bar kept banging on to me about how Robin Williams has performed there before and stuff. Uh, it seemed like a, a, like a, huh. like a, a comedy club. Like it felt like a, a good environment yeah. for comedy. Because I, I have, I have seen, uh, I do know that there are, open mics where you put your name in a bucket and that way you don't know for sure if you're going to get mm. the stage time and then they'll, you'll have your name drawn out of the bucket and then you know you go well, do that, your... that, that was in, that's interesting comparing it to the uk like we would have people know they're performing they'll drive to the gig and they'll perform whether yeah. it's five minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes whatever yeah um, but to turn up to a gig and on the off chance you might not be performing yeah like, I don't know. And like, like I was saying earlier about like the gatekeepers, you've got this one guy yeah. making the decisions like you're on next right. and then you're going after him. But then he wasn't sort of saying the whole lineup there and then it was throughout the night. So people were hanging around waiting to be pointed at to go on stage. Yeah. It's weird. It's such a weird yeah. dynamics that, that I would weird. never have done that. <laughs> it's all destroying. Uh, yeah. But you know what? Like I could tell you in, in Austin, there are so many shows happening and you have people who, who are comics who are trying to come up with really creative show concepts. Yeah. I, okay. you know, maybe you stumbled onto a situation where somebody was just trying to create a, a unique show concept where, yeah, you get your name drawn out randomly. You, mm. you sign up ahead that way they know who they're working with and then you get picked randomly and then you got to do, you know, five minute set or whatever. 
and somebody just thought, well, let's let's try this concept. I guess yeah. that if that, that's the way it is and people do it, then that's fine. But I just think that's odd that you're just wasting people's evenings that they and they're going to happily come out, come along because of the love of comedy yeah. to try and get some stage time. And they're probably going to have to keep coming and coming and coming and then, you know, try and get on good terms with this guy that's making the decisions. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> me um yeah, yeah I, I find that odd i'd never do that and i don't think a lot of british comics would do that i think we'd definitely put our foot down yeah so do you not find that the, you have uh, producers that just come up with wacky concepts like i i will i i'm not joking when i tell you this there was a a, a guy and he's actually a great guy he did our our online show a few times but i always thought this one show idea that he had was bonkers uh he had people perform their sets while walking on a treadmill. And I just thought that is the most ridiculous idea. But once I saw his performance, like on our shows, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense that he would have come up with like this crazy idea. Yeah. Um, I'm all for innovative stuff. I I think that's fine. Um, It's a bit odd, Um, (laughs) but just don't waste people's times producers yeah. if you're listening stop wasting people's times it's not worth, what's the point um uh, but yeah I'm, i think there's a lot of wacky shows that happen like comedy in the dark have you heard of that one uh no i've not so yeah, it's as exactly as it sounds basically uh so a show in pitch black um Whoa. oh here's another guy to uh, marcel lucomte l-u-c-o-n-t he's um he's a French character act, but he's brilliant. So he did this comedy in the dark, but obviously you can't see anything because it's pitch black, but yeah. he was yeah. pretending he was doing a mime when he was on stage. That was brilliant. <laughs> like sort of making the noises like, this is my uh, <laughs> best mime of the day. <laughs> or some, I mean, that was the worst uh. French accent. That was <laughs> insulting, so sorry about that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, uh, see, I'm all up for innovative shows. I think, yeah. that, I think that's fine. There's, there's space for it, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to start wrapping up. Ryan, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want people to know about you? Um, 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 I reckon you could probably follow my Instagram. Uh, yeah, get on that. Ryan Mould Comedy. Um, I put up pictures mainly of me and my dog and mainly <laughs> about my bad back. And... Um, <laughs> I guess we'll we'll do some collaboration when I come to Texas for sure. Uh, give me that give me that feature spot, please. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? I don't think so. I think that's it. Uh, check out Instagram. I've got Twitter and all that sort of stuff, but to be honest, I can't get my head around it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'll probably have yeah MySpace, TikTok eventually. I don't know. It's just I a, a did, lot, I, lot more shit to worry about, isn't it? We've got all the stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did see your post about your your back, and you you had asked uh, your friends about uh, if Pilates would help. And oh, I yeah. I just recently converted to the Pilates cult, and uh, I'm very much enjoying it. And I could see how uh, it might it might help you, but I you probably needs like targeted relief before you can. Yeah, well, everyone's got a different opinion on how you can fix lower back pain. But yeah. uh, so two classes into Pilates, uh, I didn't hate it and I found it all right. I like the, the long stretches. Yeah. 
which is stuff that I was doing at home anyway, but obviously not committing to an hour of doing it. Yeah. Just sort of doing two minutes and then sort of getting up. Um, so I find <laughs> an hour and I've paid as well. So I want to get my money's worth. Um, yeah. So I feel committed. It actually, it's okay. It's not too yeah. bad. So I think I'll give it another month and see what the difference is. And then God knows what the next weird thing I'll be ended up doing. Some sort yeah. of class, I don't know. <laughs> Sticking, what's that thing where they stick needles in you? That's Oh, something. acupuncture. Yeah, acupuncture. Yeah. Someone said to do that. I don't know. Bungee jumping. There'll be something crazy going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, check us out on Instagram. Give us a follow, uh, you lovely listeners over there. That'd be great. Rhyme old comedy. Um, yeah, that's okay. that's all I need from you. <laughs> okay. Well, Ryan, I like to close these out by asking uh, another final question. Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. One word to describe your future. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, that's easy. I think that's a good... Yeah, I'm happy with this answer. Yeah, all right. Uh, ready? Um, I think content is a good one. It is a good one. I think that's great uh, because you can, you know, there's all these spikes in happiness and then lows and sadness, up, down, up, down, just one long line of content. That's that's what I need. That's I'm happy with that. <laughs> awesome. I like it. Alrighty. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham! presents Ryan Mould. Uh, you just rattled off your social media and if you have upcoming shows and projects, uh, do you have any that you want to plug real quick? Oh, I've, by the I've way. the show that I'm working on, but I've only really got oh, one oh. date at the moment that's in London that's worth coming to. Everything else is just a bit of like 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here. So okay. I wouldn't bother with that one. Uh, right. Maybe the one in London's worth it. Okay. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Ryan got to be the comedic genius. And we know you fell in love with that uh, British accent. And hopefully you learned a lot about the British comedy scene. Uh, we hope you, you've enjoyed learning about how you got to be the comedic genius that you heard as much as I have. This has been Comedy Wham Presents Ryan Mould. I'm Valerie. And that's been funny. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Valerie. <laughs>